and welcome back to Hey Look Listen. My name is Liam Sheehan, and I'm joined here by my good pal, buddy of mine, Jonathan Marcy. Jonathan, welcome. Hello. I think... Sorry about that. (laughs) You don't apologize. I loved it. It was very exuberant. (laughs) I think this is the first time we've ever done the Just You and I combo. Is that right? I think it is. Well, actually, no, there was. um, We did do an episode where we did it together, and we scrapped it um, because of (laughs) just the the tension uh, throughout that episode. I think it was a four-hour episode um, on uh, Tetris. And we just, we, we broke down several times, yeah. We were both doing Salvia at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were, That's what yeah. we're big into, yeah. That, <laughs> I still have that recording, I just, I, I'm keeping it for evidence. <laughs> I'm nervous. But this is um, ostensibly episode 50. Ooh. I hate to say, I hate to be a party pooper, but it's not really because we have some numbered episodes. <laughs> yeah. And I wish I didn't care about that, but I really do. It really annoys me that I decided way back in it not to number some. <laughs> and now I can't go back because we keep saying stuff like, oh, episode 50 or this is whatever. Yeah, so now yeah. I'm just going to leave it the way it is. But hey, episode 50, we made it. Woo! It is. It's amazing. I think it's, uh, and like Liam, I don't think you get thanked enough on this podcast. Hey. So I'm going to take this opportunity um, to ask Owen or Kev maybe to thank you at some point uh, okay. in the future. No, uh, but genuinely, like we, we, man, we couldn't have gotten here without you. You were always holding the ship steady. Um, I think your solo episodes are some of the best episodes we've done as well, to be very honest. Oh. Um, so in fact, yeah, if you're a fan, go listen to those. Skip this one. No, don't. Key listen to, this. to running a podcast consistently is mm. having a disgusting amount of free time. <laughs> no, don't, but it's also having it just like, here's a little peek behind the curtain for everyone here, okay? Um, so generally with these episodes, okay? And I'm just going to compare myself and, and possibly what I think Liam does. Uh, I'm not too sure with the other guys. Um, I'll stress about recording probably all day. It'll be on my mind. <laughs> oh, they're going, oh, shit, man. I, have to, I don't know. I can't remember that game. Like, I have a really bad memory, right? Uh, and, and I tend to ramble. Um, so I will spend like an hour or even two hours sometimes making a Google Doc, taking notes, you know, re- reading reviews, being really, really prepared. And I'll still come across at the end of the episode as if I kind of just winged it. No, you um, don't. You thought most of them I do. Liam here. Liam, and I hope I don't mind me outing you here, Liam would literally be wearing his a bathrobe uh, and in his pajamas <laughs> and will rock up and will say some of the most poignant shit you've heard in a video game in 20 years. Uh, and that'll be it. And he'll, he'll log off and go to bed. Um, so you have a knack for it. You, you, you must admit oh. that. Well, I think I enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoy it. I, and uh, thank you for complimenting the solo episodes. But the truth is I enjoy these ones more. Which is why I haven't done a solo episode in a long time. I try to find a way to not do one to have to do it with G. It's, it's actually just more work, and uh, yeah. I, I find this fun. <laughs> but enough behind our dark, insidious curtains, because this is sort of our fiftieth episode. Let's yeah, no, sorry, I went on that track. It is our fiftieth episode. Let's just say we're returning to the series that we began this this whole podcast mm. uh, with uh, Metal Gear Solid, and I, I checked. We haven't done a Metal Gear Solid since episode twenty, and this is like episode fifty. So. Oh wow! It's been a while since we touched it. It's actually been a while since we just picked a single game as well. So I don't think we, like talking to the audience here, Marcy and I haven't really spoken about this outwardly, but I think we're both kind of nervous about this episode and whether we're like, <laughs> yeah, we, can, yeah. <laughs> whether we can do it. Because I don't know about you, I haven't played, I didn't replay 4. I, I, I looked up some things online to remind yeah. myself. I haven't played it in ages and we're going to do the games we're playing first. But um, I don't know about you, just to get into it, Metal Gear Solid 4 is probably my least favorite one as well of the main series so it's kind of when we talked about one two and three i had all like i, oh, I had this yeah. burning passion that like even if i wasn't prepared it just came out of me four i like 
I don't I don't think I love four. No, it would it would definitely at the bit of on my ranking. I'm also worried that like this podcast can go two ways because it's such a convoluted mess of a game. It could be a five hour podcast or it could be a twenty minute podcast because like I don't know, I can't I can't break this game down properly. Um but I'm de- I'm definitely I wouldn't say nervous. I'm just kind of like let, let me let me say this. Let, 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 let me say this and we we'll, we'll yep. get into it in a bit. Yeah. Okay, let's just do our usual thing. So uh, are you playing anything at the moment? Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of, it's kind of thanks to you guys, uh, you and Kev really, um, from the, the, our last episode, um, uh, the co-op episode. Um, me and Steph started playing uh, the original Divinity. Um, and so uh, playing through co-op on that, she'll be on the PC. I'll be chilling on the Steam Deck. Um, we also do it in separate rooms. I don't know why, but it's kind of nice. Like I literally put on the proper headset. And she, you know, we feel like we're... I... You know, Think that's weird. I think I do. Yeah, I, 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 I I I took a moment and thought about that. I actually think that's a bit strange. I'm not going to judge you for. I was going to explain myself. I thought you were going to like. I thought you were going to be really endearing and be like, "No, if you want to do the same, no, it's just you're a creep." Um, It's mostly because like she will agree when she hears this. Um, The way she plays it, she plays on the PC, and I'd be on the Steam Deck, and I'm literally two feet away from her at most. But she'll have her headphones on, and it's a game where you have to talk an awful lot, which is why. I think it's so much fun and cop. You know, you're like, we're yeah. gonna go to this, we're gonna go here. Um, you know, it, it doesn't have kind of really very good waypoints. You're always trying to describe where you're going, what's over by the bar, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so when I'm talking to her, she'd have her headphones on, and like <laughs> she will just say the word what hundreds of times in an hour, and it's just it's so difficult. So as opposed to having a you know an argument and falling out over one of my favorite games, just went downstairs um and played it in the living room instead. Well, I'm in, it's been I'm really in- nice. I'm in favor of having separate bedrooms just in case you need a night where you want to have your own bed. I don't think that means you're not an intimate couple or you're, I think that's the same energy. You you don't want to look at your girlfriend when you're playing video games. You just want to hear her as some kind of, you want to pretend she's an online player in Sydney, Australia or something like that is what I'm getting from that. Just do do the accent, Steph, do the accent. Um, But that episode just got me really excited to play a co-op game again. So um, I've been playing that, enjoying it a whole bunch. Um, and then I've been chatting to our friend Owen um, as we're both playing uh, Cyberpunk right now. Uh, oh, so okay. I bought it again uh, for a PS5 this time. Is it finally a game now? Is it finally a game that you can actually it's really get behind? Close. Yeah, you yeah. definitely can. Like it, it's it, like Night City is probably one of the greatest. It's it's, it's it actually is. It's the greatest city I've seen in a video game. I don't know if awesome. it's the greatest you know map etc. But um, that now feels really polished and really put together. Um, I'm absolutely loving it. It's still super janky at times. Um, like, I'm trying to think of a really good example. Oh, yeah, one of the very, very first examples. Um, when you kind of start the game, uh, you've got three kind of options. You can be like a corpo. You can be someone from the street. Corpo is like a, you know, a corporate kind of agent, cool dude. Um, you can be someone from the streets, or you can be kind of like this guy who's living out in the countryside. Uh, there are three different starts but they end up being the exact same thing at the end um but the very first character i met in the game was doing a t-pose uh i was just like oh god damn it you know immersion immersion yeah right away yeah yeah right away um but i'm enjoying it it's i'm looking forward to the dlc it's coming out soon as well um and also on ps5 man with the with the controller and like you know those fantastic triggers it is it it does add to it um and then oh i think owen is like almost almost finished it he's been 
actually lapping it up. So Unreal. possible possible future episode, hopefully. Yeah, um, I, I, could take, I could take a much needed break and not. No, I, I, I'd pop in and be well, like, no, you, you, I'd be like Keanu Reeves. <laughs> he's an actor. What's he doing in a video game? That'd be my that'd be my input. I'd be like I The see, Witcher. <laughs> I, I haven't played that, but is it is, is it similar? <laughs> I think you should definitely skip that one. Um, <laughs> but uh, and then I see Idris Elba's doing the DLC as well. So that's yeah, I saw a, that. Yeah, yeah. seems to be a thing they're doing now. Yeah, yeah, getting yeah. kind of celebrity, big celebrity guest stars. I'm, I'm okay yeah. with it. It's the age yeah. we live in, I guess. You know. Exactly. Exactly. What would you? What are you playing right now? I wish for episode five oh I have something like you know big and exciting kind of like oh I heard of this game that's really big now no but I, I I'm playing old Mario games <laughs> I did it with, I did it with Sonic a few weeks ago I I took a took a few days and I played all the original Sonics like I kind of wanted to do that with the old Mario's so I played the first five I'm talking about the old old ones oh wow and um you know I have a I'm a huge Mario fan it's like one of my fucking main main things i was gonna say one of my main game things that's one of my main things i i love it i love that I, I love that nintendo baby shit i i, I won't stop i won't stop now <laughs> i don't think i don't think you will we're, i don't care for, for, for the listeners we're doing this podcast earlier so liam will definitely watch the nintendo direct oh, yeah, there's uh, a nintendo you, direct you on in yeah. two hours time i'm very excited thanks for thanks for bringing that up i forgot about that for a second i'm all excited again but um so uh i've always had a blind spot with mario though namely the second mario mario 2 mm. Yeah, yeah. So, quick, quick reviews of the original Mario um, should be studied by anyone. It's like maybe a little bit frustrating. Uh, maybe not the most perfect game controls these days, but nineteen eighty five, like it was so ahead of its time. It it's kind of the mitochondrian eve of everything we love now in games. Yeah, it really it's is perfect. Yeah. Mario, jump ahead, Mario three. I don't. It's as good today as it is back then. It's so good, so That's very so good. Nice. The two has been a blind spot, and this is like very well known knowledge. But I don't know if you know, Marcy, that Japan and America. And the rest, and Europe, yeah. got two different Mario twos. Oh, I didn't so, know that. So yeah, so there was there was a Mario two made in Japan, and it came out less than a year after the first one, and it was kind of decided it was too samey and too hard for Western players at the time. So there was another game that Nintendo were working on called Doki Doki Panic, oh. based off of no one Fuji TV mascots, and they just reskinned that entire game oh, with God. Mario sprite. Yeah, they reskinned it with Mario sprites. And and released it in America as and and Europe as Super Mario Brothers two, and I've played them both, um, both versions when I was young yeah. um, in, in on emulation and stuff. And I just like, but I never put a dent in them. I played them both now, and I always had this kind of preconception that the West got the kind of weird one, but the real official one, you know, is the Japanese one. The Japanese, yeah. the, Jap- the Japanese one eventually came out on Super Mario Brothers um, All Stars, Super Mario All Stars mm-hmm. on the SNES as Super Mario: The Lost Levels, essentially. Oh, was cool. what, what we call it uh, and um but you know playing and playing and finally playing them both from start to finish the japanese one is kind of shit <laughs> honestly it's really hard and not in a kind of fun way in a kind of artificial way and kind of in a, in a kind of way that old games tend to be hard either to take your money if they're in an arcade yeah. or to make you rent them multiple times not in like a absolutely elegantly designed nintendo way just in a really mean frustrating way it reminded me of someone someone's mario maker level that they designed oh, just to be annoying. Gosh. And I'm like, this is an official Nintendo thing. And it's actually really annoying. <laughs> I actually didn't have that much fun playing it. And Mario Brothers 2, the one that wasn't originally a Mario Brothers game at all, it was some other thing, is great. It's like also really challenging, but in a fun way. And it's super weird and charismatic. And it doesn't, play, it doesn't seem like any other Mario games, like even to this day. So it, it's such a f- fun sequel. Unique, while, the, yeah. while the Japanese one is not a fun sequel. It's like 
bad <laughs> DLC, essentially. <laughs> so that's all, really. I just feel like I've educated myself a little bit on one of my favorite video game franchises. I, I, always had this, I, <laughs> I always had this preconception about Mario games. And that's it. But uh, yeah, I would you uh, would you do a solo episode of Mario games as a, See, a as a listener as well? I would I would definitely listen to that. Here's a, here's the thing, I did the, I did Mario one, Mario the Lost Levels, Mario two, Mario three, and Mario World on the Super mm. Nintendo, and then I started playing the Game Boy ones and emulators. So I haven't actually stopped playing Mario games. So what? I'm actually really nervous that I'm going to play them all. And if I do do that. To justify my time spent, and it is fun. I'm smiling all the time. I probably have to. I probably have to turn it into content. Here's yeah, my ranking definitely. of the Mario games, but that's a lot of Mario games, so I don't know if I'll get there. But it, it's entered my mind. I'm kind of like, oh wait, I'm really enjoying playing old Mario games. Uh, what if I? What if? What if in like a week's time I'm playing Mario Galaxy and I've I've played them all up to that point? It could happen. It could that's happen. an amazing thing to happen. I don't know yeah. really nervous about that. That's fucking uh, it's Galaxy. God, so good. But yeah, let's um go from Mario, one of my favorite franchises, to Metal Gear, one of my other favorite franchises of all time. Ditto. The fourth one. This game came out in 2008 for the PlayStation 3, and I have a little um, little anecdote to start us off. Not really an anecdote, but uh, I had my Nintendo Wii, but when it came time to get either the Xbox 360 or the PlayStation 3, me and my brother had a super serious conversation, and <laughs> we ended up going for the Xbox 360 because of its exclusives. Which is crazy yeah, to think that. these days because it's, it's always the opposite. Sony has the yeah. exclusives and, and Microsoft have other cool things. We wanted Bioshock, man. We really wanted Bioshock. Mm, and I was kind of looking at stuff. I was like, that Uncharted game on the PlayStation 3 looks cool. Not worth buying a console over, but I'll get to it sometime. So the only thing that came out then was Metal Gear Solid 4. And I was like, oh my God, I don't have PlayStation 3 <laughs> and I can't play this. So Owner Reardon gave me a loan of his PlayStation 3 and his copy of Metal Gear Solid 4 just so I could play it. And I remember he gave it to me. And I was like, oh my God, I want to play this. But me and my older brother had made plans. This is, I'm going to date this now, right? We had made plans. <laughs> I still remember this. We had made plans to go see The Incredible Hulk, the Edward Norton. Oh, the Ed Norton one. Oh, yeah, the God. second film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So you know, old. The one where Tony Stark comes in at the end of it and is like, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, we're putting a team together. And then they have to retcon it in a short film because that doesn't make sense with all the... Uh, anyway, yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> bad times. 2008, 2008. But, um, and I remember being in the cinema anyway my main thing going like oh my god I, what, what am I doing here Own gave me Metal Gear Solid 4 because I couldn't probably one of my most anticipated games of all time for and uh, yeah I remember I got home and played it and it was one of those things I played at like 5am I just like I couldn't put it down but one of my main memories of the beginning of it Marcy is the first game first console game I ever played it you had to install Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember that loading screen. It's burned into my brain. Yeah, it's Snake smoking a cigarette. And it's yeah. kind of probably still the best installation loading screen I've, I've, I've ever seen. <laughs> if, if we, another solo episode idea there, possibly. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I think it is. I remember, I, I remember being really impressed with it, but then also frustrated that it was on the screen for like 40 minutes. It was a very, very well, long Longer, uh, I think. I think it did, yeah, depends on your Depends on your internet connection, but I remember it being really long and kind of going, wow, this game is so good graphically, it has to install. I was like, you know, the things we tell ourselves, that's impressive. Yeah, that you exactly, go, yeah. And now, now these days, it's just like, God, remember when you could put in an N64 cartridge to be playing a game within five seconds? And now it's Those days are so good. The amount of time. <laughs> but so this is essentially a sequel to Metal Gear Solid 2 mm-hmm. because Metal Gear Solid 3 was a prequel. And I think in hindsight... Metal Gear Solid 2 is a very difficult game to make a sequel to because Metal Gear Solid 2 has obviously its plot, its main plot, the continuation of the Metal Gear franchise, but that 
is really half its deal. Hideo Kojima wanted to have this meta deconstruction of gaming and being a gamer and and stuff like that. So like Raiden, the main character of Metal Gear Solid 2, is supposed to be kind of a, a surrogate of the player himself. So you go into Metal Gear Solid 4 and you have to kind of pick up all the plot points, not only from the massively bizarre and convoluted <laughs> 2, but from Metal Gear Solid on the PlayStation and going back even further. So he made this to be the ending, essentially. Now, it didn't it's end up ter- being last Terrible Metal- decision. <laughs> like, you know, if he'd done, if he'd picked a sequel, addressed all the nonsense of 2, and then possibly, you know, a, an ending afterwards, it, it could have all made a lot more sense. But, Do you yeah. think he should have given himself another game, is it, to finish I, this I, I think so. I think absolutely. I think trying to trying to wrap everything up with a neat little bow, I, no one could do that. Like, I, I would love to have been in like because i presume there's some sort of writer's room where he's pitching ideas to people and he they're like what are you doing man like just don't you can't do it all in the 20 hour game um, yeah because that's what we end up with then you end up with this kind of very well convoluted uh sequels i suppose is the best way to put it i think the long cutscenes and this cinematic nature and hideo kojima's this bizarre sense of self the way he just the way he writes it's all a part of what we love about Metal Gear Solid. I understand people not liking really long cutscenes um, in a game, but I think, you know, you got to stand back and what do we like about Metal Gear Solid? And I like, I love the gameplay. I do. It's a massive part of it, but like, who's going to say that they don't love the cutscenes if they're a Metal Gear Solid fan? <laughs> so I think a part of the experience is it being kind of half a really bizarre movie with a really thick mythology. Yeah. <laughs> but Metal Gear, like you said, Metal Gear Solid 4 is the first one, I think, that really groans under the pressure of it all. Just too much thrown into it. And you said like they had a writer's room. It must have been half the whiteboard. It must have been all the stuff that they couldn't wrap up. And they're just like, how am I going to explain all this? And he just wrote in big red letters, nanomachines. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. nanomachines ends up being the explanation for so many loose plot threads. Why why um, series villain Liquid Snake, his uh-huh. arm is stuck onto Ocelot and uh, he's slowly, he, he possesses him. That's like nanomachines and also he's not really possessing him. Ocelot is actually absorbing it's midichlorians from episode one yes <laughs> it's the same yeah. nonsense it's the same like just a glue to stick together all these kind of these plot points that aren't going to go anywhere do you know what i mean and then actually i just i just read this before we jumped on today mm-hmm. have a guess how long you it actually has a guinness for a record by the way for the longest cutscene and the most cutscenes in a video game how long do you think is the longest cutscene in the game an hour 71 minutes 71 minutes it and must a, be towards the end right it, i think it is yeah it's, it's like it's one of the monologues many many monologues um with liquid towards the end i believe and there's no break for 71 minutes yeah and at the time like i said i was so excited now i'm a lifelong metal gear fan but I think the most I was ever a Metal Gear fan, if this makes sense, is between three and four, because yeah. four was just built up to be this Huge big hype. ending. I was just so incredibly excited for it, so hyped. Uh, there's very few games I can remember being so hyped for. So I think I forgave it for almost everything at the time. It wasn't mm-hmm. until kind of I stood back from it, because that's the thing about four. Um, obviously, it's not the last Metal Gear game. There's Metal Gear Solid Five. There's Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. These are all set in the prequel timeline. But f- despite the fact that this is chronologically the last. Metal Gear Solid game. It's not the end of the franchise, and I. But I left Metal Gear out of my heart after this one. <laughs> I was like, "This look at this is the end. He's done everything. He's explained yeah. why the Vampire Man's a vampire. He's you know, he's had he's brought back Meryl from Metal Gear Solid One because she hadn't been in it for, for ages, and then they kind yeah, of she gets married. Yeah, 
she gets married and they tie off all that it's like snake probably dies spoilers by the way for this entire yeah. game <laughs> although i don't know i don't see how two, two of us couldn't possibly get into Couldn't too many details it yeah, possibly <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because there's just too much i just remember going this is the big big finale of the franchise and that's fine he's ended it but now that it's kind of not the end of the franchise and you have other games after it it kind of sticks out as me as this kind of awkward kind of title in the middle of the uh, middle of the series one that i have certainly have a lot of affection for but i can't i've played it I've, i say i've played one two and three about one and two, definitely about 20 times. Yeah. Three, a good lot of times. I think I've played four twice, maybe, in my, in my I, life. I, I'm probably about the same. Yeah, I've played three probably the most and two a yeah. bunch um, before maybe twice. I genuinely think I might have tried to play the second time and not not gotten through it. Um, but like, to your point, you actually you said there a minute ago, like, what, there was a four-year gap, I think, between three and four. So I remember that feeling like a very, very long time. Um and the hype just going into absolute overdrive for us. Um, but you weren't the only one, man. Like I watched a bunch of uh, reviews uh, today. Um, like and a quote from IGN was like, they called it a masterpiece. Like mm. it raises the bar for action adventure games forever. Um, like at, when it came out, man, it was really heralded as like, this is one of the greatest games ever made. Um, and I'm sure we've probably felt the same at the time. It is um, impressive though. It, it is. It, oh, it, it absolutely is in many ways. But looking back at it now, you it wouldn't it wouldn't break my top twenty now, I don't think. Of all time. Yeah, I think it would no, break my not top even close. Of all time. Not no, even no, close. Oh, no. yeah. well, I suppose um bit of nitty gritty details, one of the main selling points, one of the main reveals of this game was that Solid Snake is now an old man. Old snake. And uh grey hair and a grey mustache, back pain. <laughs> yeah. that was like that was like the big reveal i remember seeing it maybe in an e3 i'm going what the hell is kojima up to now <laughs> remember he remember he's on the back of a truck and yeah, stuff, yeah. then he jumps off and okay. he's gray here and like yeah. it ends up being convoluted metal gear nonsense that he, well he's he's degrading because he's a clone and he has a, basically an expiration date and yeah it's good actually fox die stuff doesn't matter yeah if you play the game you're also going yeah what, what a load of nonsense yeah yeah but one of the other kind of selling points of brand new things it was doing was the other Metal Gear Solid games, you know, one and two have you stealthing around facilities mm-hmm. of uh, different kinds. Uh, three, massively mix it up by putting you in the middle in of a jungle, jungle more yeah. outdoorsy environments, kind of push the PS2 to its limit. Still looks great, in my opinion. The mm-hmm. kind of quote-unquote novelty, and I mean novelty and as a bit of a compliment, is that uh, in Metal Gear Solid 4, you'd be sneaking through active war zones. Yeah. Which Big was really too. cool. And the game, when it, when it was... Um, being shown off in trailers um, before it came out, it was the um, it was Afghanistan, right? Possibly, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, should have looked it up before we said it, right? I'll do it really quietly here while you keep talking. <laughs> For a penny now, so it showed it. That's that's the kind of um, that's that's what we thought this game was set, but it turns out this game has like a few settings. It's the it's the beginning of the Metal Gear Solid franchise moving away from the whole thing of when you begin a Metal Gear Solid game, you're basically in one night or one day and it goes like it's one mission and your solid four is not that it it jumps around it's much more epic in scale but what was cool about it is that like there was so much of that game that we didn't know was coming before going into it he they hid so much in the the kind of uh, pre-release which was really exciting like you go to uh, you go to many different environments but Mm -hmm. sneaking around active war zones and kind of too bad like your your snake is kind of doing his own thing so he's not on either side really and there's kind of a battle going on around you it's actually a really cool 
um, I was going to say mechanic, but yeah, mechanic. And okay, I don't know, yeah. I can't think of any other game that kind of tried to, tries to do something like that. No, and it works so, so well because that, that's mm. the first few th- things you do in the game. You jump off that truck and suddenly you're like within this kind of, this battle with two factions kind of kicking the shit out of each other, um, mm. which is kind of weird because usually you're like, you're stealthing and hiding from someone, but you have this kind of, it almost feels unnatural. You're kind of able to walk around in the open. You're kind of like, I don't know who the enemy is here. Do you know what I mean? You don't know who, yeah. what Snake's position is, but yeah, it, it's a really cool mechanic. And another really cool mechanic is that you can, make him go inside a cylindrical barrel and roll down hills. <laughs> and when he gets out of the barrel, he vomits. <laughs> Does he gets, yeah. yeah. Did you know you could make him vomit in Metal Gear Solid 3 as well? Um, yeah, you if, eat bad food. It, bad, bad food is one, but if you actually go into the viewfinder, so you know, you can bring up where you've got all the, you know, the damage you've taken in the game and you, and there's like, you can kind of move the character around to get different, you know, looks at Snake. If you hold right, it makes him spin around. I think it's 20 times <laughs> when you empty the viewfinder, he vomits. I used to do that. I don't know why. I'd be on my own. I wouldn't be showing anyone playing the game. And like, <laughs> I go, oh, got you again, Snake. I just um, wanted to wield you know. power over uh, an imaginary character. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But I... Before we start moving on to some of the goofy stuff, I guess I want to keep going on with that Warzone thing because it's one of the strange, stranger things about that game to me. And I think it's because there's a kind of a tug of war going on about Kojima came up with that brand new system, sneaking mm. through a war zone, an ongoing battle, a chaos around you, environments being destroyed, machine gun fire. Really cool. It's kind of a tug of war between that and him wanting to wrap up his big Metal Gear Solid story. Yeah. So one of the best parts in this game one of the best, and it's one of the best parts in the entire Metal Gear Solid franchise is in one of the later chapters, you return to Shadow Moses. Mm. And you're in the place where Metal Gear Solid 1 took place, but now it's um, rendered in PlayStation 3. And it's funny, like, when you're, like, you, you, you alluded to earlier on, but when you're younger, and I'm just going to get super real now for a second, when you're younger, time goes slower. Mm-hmm. When you're older, like, the years just kind of fucking drip on by oh, really uh, quickly. Yeah. So... So Metal Gear Solid 1 and Metal Gear Solid 4 are only a decade apart. But for you and I, that was our decade of growing up. That was yeah. us going from children to adults. So it was one of my most significant kind of significant kind. Of, I said I put Metal Gear out of my heart after this. And I think that was one of the reasons because it was cyclical. It came back around. It brought me back to Shadow Moses Island. It tugged in all these emotions. Yeah. And it's a wonderful part of uh, gaming nostalgia. It's a brilliant section of the game. But even before you go to Shadow Moses, you you kind of do this whole bit of business in Prague, I believe, and you're yeah. and you're kind of walking around in a in a jacket, and it's a very Black different bit of business. Coat. So yeah. I'm trying to get to is he drops his main new system halfway through the game. <laughs> halfway yeah. through the game, you're not in battles anymore. Uh. And I, I I'd like to say that's just a bit of variety, but it doesn't feel like it. It feels like one of the best feathers in Metal Gear Solid Four's cap disappears halfway through mm. because he has to bring Snake back to Shadow Moses because that's part of the story. He has to do, has to end up in a gigantic ship for the final battle. He has to walk through a microwave and stuff for, <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, and <laughs> I do think, and I, I'm 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 in favor of Metal Gear and, and this, their massive convoluted stories, but I don't think the other ones with their massive convoluted story quite steps on its own toes in the same way yeah. that Four does, where it's like. Why aren't I doing the cool new battle uh, war zone <laughs> thing anymore halfway through this yeah. game? Why is that gone? You know, yeah, it it definitely sacrifices it, and it kind of it kind of retreats back almost into its very primal. Now, I wouldn't say basic, but it does become a very simplified version of itself, where you really are just doing, and they're very big levels, but you are just kind of sneaking around again, you know, with individuals taking them out and moving on. Um, and you've got kind of the camo feature, which also felt like it worked really well when you were kind of in a battle you know in a big battle scene 
Um, for folks who might not know, I, I was going to try and replicate the noise it makes, but I'm, I'm not going to now. I'm going to try because because you you're a coward. Yeah, go on. <laughs> it's not terrible. It's actually not terrible. Your um, face is so red. Yeah, that. you're glad you, you didn't see the face he made when he did it, which is weird. <laughs> he's, he's passed out now. Um, uh, but yeah, it would, it would basically make you blend in. The suit you were wearing would blend in with the surroundings. It was really cool when there was like soldiers running by you and yeah. you know things like that, but it wasn't as cool when you were in a corridor. You know, you were, yes. just, you were just gray. Um, Good point, yeah. Yeah. But back to that, that Shadow Moses piece, like because like I think I have I probably have the exact same opinion of Metal Gear 4 as you do. It's like, yeah, it's, it's probably the worst in the franchise. It's still an absolute iconic video game and it is mm. amazing in its own right. But I actually think, for me anyway, going back to Shadow Moses is one of the highlights of the entire series. Um, and I correct me if I'm wrong, I, I think we knew that was going to happen before the game came out. I, I definitely didn't. didn't. You didn't? I remember being, I remember being kind of hyped it. up by it. I remember like someone bringing it up. I saw it in a magazine or something. And I kind of I could have luckily it. missed it, and I'm yeah, glad maybe. I did. Yeah, yeah, I wish. Was it, yeah, mm. yes and no, because I remember being, I was waiting for it, and it is quite late in the story. Um, but it's just so well done. The kind of the the you know the flashes to snake's original ps1 face are fantastic um the old little snippets of the codec that you would hear as you were kind of sneaking around um and then when that song kicks in um the best is yet to come do you know that song Mm. from like the oh yeah exactly yeah um it's one of the, it's one of the best things he's done in his career like i think i just think he nailed that entire 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 piece um but it would have, yeah, it would have been nice to have actually stuck to what he was doing for the rest of the game. Um, but it's it's fantastic. But that's the thing. It, it, it's weird because I I wanted to bring it up because I do think it's a criticism that like mm. the, the war zone thing drops. But yeah, with my heart, I'm I'm kind of I love the last few hours of Metal Gear Solid Four. I love the Return to Shadow Moses. I love everything after that. I do think it's kind of weird with the right age as well. You know, you know, some generations had Woodstock or whatever, but we had just. <laughs> Perfectly, can't wait to hear this. <laughs> perfectly poised to be playing that game in 2008. Yeah. We were just out of school. We were like a year out of school. And yeah, like you said, do snippets of the old conversations from game one. The music kicks in, you know, you see old visuals. It was, yeah, it was potently designed to make us nostalgic and make us kind of get emotional reaction out of it. Because Absolutely. like I said, that 10 years felt longer than any, probably 10 years we'll ever experience in our lives again, you know? And I can absolutely guarantee you we had conversations in probably like Molly's or Collins's or somewhere. We were like, oh, remember the good old days playing Metal Gear 1? You yeah. know what I mean? And now we're, I don't know, I'm almost 50. Um, <laughs> so time has really, really flown by. And it is an ending to the whole thing, as I said many times. And what do you think of the ending? I suppose is the easiest way to say it. Uh, which one? <laughs> it's, about, it's about 11. Uh, I don't know. Like I, Four is kind of, I'm always, I'm same as you, I'm caught in between this bit where um, part of me wants to criticize when the story gets too convoluted and too messy. Part of me is like, well, that's what Metal Gear is. Like, there's no part of any of the game, so it's clear cut and straightforward. Um, Four just has this thing where it's kind of like the third Lord of the Rings movie where you keep thinking it's ending and it keeps thinking this is it now. And then someone else comes out from behind, you know, a door, like Big Boss just arriving. I'm like, ha ha. Um, and here's the thing. Big Boss, Big Boss comes in. He's supposed to be dead. Absolutely. Should right? be. Obviously. Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah. People who don't know, Big Boss is the central antagonist of the early games. But when you play the Metal Gear Solid 3, the prequels and stuff like that, you play as him. You play as yeah. Big Boss. So, 
I believe for his big grand ending, it was completely the correct idea to have Solid Snake and Big Boss meet and finally have a conversation. Yeah. Uh, I think that's so correct. But the 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 gymnastics the plot has to do <laughs> to get him being, oh, uh, I saw your, like earlier on, Snake sees his body in a, like a bit of plastic like wrap and it's like and you can see it's organs and it's been it's kept mental. alive but it's just organs and stuff like that that, tur- that turns out to be another character solidus because uh, there's a bunch of clones in this, in this franchise <laughs> the, amount of, the amount of gymnastics he had to do to get big boss to still be alive is like a really kind of convoluted big crap plot twist but i do think it's the correct choice but then you get a big emotional conversation with them and i do think i love how it ends in the very final line yeah it's a uh, big boss dying for real this time because he's now he's He's old now. I don't know. Just, just conveniently. He's like, oh, yeah. I'm done now. <laughs> Snake puts a cigar into his mouth because the thing Snake smokes cigarettes. Big Boss smokes cigars. Just one yeah. of those little kind of things. He puts a cigar into his mouth and kind of lights it up for him. And Big Boss just says, this, this is good. And cut the credits. That's a good way yeah. to end the game. Very good. Good way to end the franchise. But that's after half an hour of final exposition just one Hideo Kojima's like okay I'm going to bring back Big Boss and he's going to explain everything that hasn't been explained up to this yeah, point yeah. yet <laughs> and in the middle of that conversation the other main villain who turns out to be a villain oh, is Zero, Zero? on a wheelchair yeah he gets he wheeled, a wheelchair. Big Boss kills sure. him yes. so it just really feels like sweeping the last <laughs> bit of plot <laughs> all the graveyard <laughs> it's like it's hanging the, out in the same graveyard it's all yeah. the graveyard yeah it's just really sweeping the plot and kind of getting it done and the whole Honestly, the whole game feels like that. The whole second half of the game. Like I yeah. mentioned Vamp earlier on. He's one of my favorite characters from 2. He's a vampire man who sucks blood. Yeah. He He's in it again. And it he's is. No Why does he need to drink blood? Because he has nano machines inside it's him. Disgusting. And you fight him. You fight him on the metallic corpse of Metal Gear Rex from, from Metal Gear Solid 1, actually, which was pretty cool. <laughs> that's the thing it is it's me yeah. talking about this trying to talk about this game and be negative but the longer i talk i'm going to slingshot back to something positive yeah. I love because it. that brings up a great thing uh the boss fights there's some absolutely sure. uh, probably not the best in the, not the best in the series at all um but not the, the best characters not the best characters. Yeah, de- yeah yeah true um but the fight with liquor at the end is <laughs> is is ludicrous but also fantastic um this kind of you know the different life bars you go through, the health bars from the different games, the cutting yeah, cutscene yeah, every time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's it is fantastic. What what do you think about the other boss fights though? Um, against the, the angels, is that what they're called? I think angels. They're called the beauties and the beasts. The beauty and the beast. And the beast. That's it. <laughs> Fuck. They're they're cool. They're actually yeah. they're actually cool. They're my least favorite team, if you know what mm. I mean. Like the Mega Solid games. Yeah. Up to that point, I always had a team of baddies we'd fight periodically throughout the game. Foxhound, Dead Cell. Um, Corporate unit, yeah. uh, they're definitely my least favorite because they don't really have characters. They're they're all hot women <laughs> who, have been, are, yeah. who have been like I don't know are they merged with they're with they're wearing kind of more machine like parts anyway, and they're all based yeah. on animals. So one of them is like a hawk. You fight it up in um, a I tower. There's so a really cool. cool one that's like an octopus, and you're wandering around this kind of building and it's stealthing into the walls and stuff like that. There's a wolf one out in the snowfields in Shadow Moses, which is pretty cool. Call, but, call back to to wolf as well, yeah. yeah. But you don't know them as characters, and it's, there's a, there's a new character called Drebin who sells you guns throughout the game. He has a monkey and a diaper because because it's Metal Gear Solid. So, I mean, but like, hang on now. See, that's the problem. Getting, Metal Gear. Talking yeah, I know, about this yeah, game, sorry, I can't ahead, focus on one thing. <laughs> I know, it's, for like the people listening, that that's what the game is like. What Liam just did, this kind of casual reference to a, a monkey in a diaper, because you do, you just accept that. You accept that this is a random man you've met, and he's a monkey in a diaper. He's an arms um, dealer, and he, he's always. 
he's always going on about, you know, the nature of war. And you know, and anyway, after you kill one, the Beauty and the Beast unit, every time they die, reveal their more feminine side underneath the, yeah. the, be- the Beast. That's why, that's why Kojima very cleverly named him the Beauty and the Beast yeah, unit. Genius. Yeah. And then Drevin calls you up in the codec and is like, all right, Snake, you killed that. One now I'm gonna tell you her tragic backstory. Yeah, it's so dark yeah, after yeah. the fact, and it's always so dark. He goes, were murdered in Ukraine, like <laughs> Russia, in the early eighties. Like, oh god, I feel so bad now. Yeah. And that doesn't work for me. That's hollow writing. Like, yeah, Metal Gear Solid is pure cheese and melodrama. But I love in the original ones where Psychomantis is bullet ridden and he gives you his tragic backstory. Same with Sniper Wolf. Way prefer that stuff than Drevin yeah. just calling you up and going, ah, this. This character has an even more tragic backstory than the other one. Let me tell you for five minutes <laughs> after you've murdered them. I, I don't. Drevin is a character. I don't. I I probably nearly actually dislike him because he yeah. in every scene he's in, and I watched a couple of um, videos today on YouTube as well of him. Um, the, the he's so dramatic, like his body language, the way he talks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's Kojima dialing it up to like fucking eleven for every single scene he's in. Um. And actually, when we talk about endings as well, just to kind of quickly go to this piece, um, we talked about, yeah, you're fighting liquids. What, what do you think about the wedding? The, the wedding on the runway? Because I feel whenever I think about that, that that's very easy to criticize. It's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to put anything good from that or anything positive. Honestly, Metal Gear Solid as a franchise is very easy to criticize. We, <laughs> we've been a stalwart defenders, but I think, you know, sometimes you've got to look outside yourself. <laughs> it's funny when you think about it because in Mel- I'm gonna, in Metal Gear Solid One, there is a scene where you rescue a main second to main character Meryl Silverberg from mm. a jail cell, or more accurately, you open up the jail cell and she's already rescued herself. She has, yeah. She pops up behind you with a machine gun wearing enemy fatigue. She disguised herself as an enemy machine and she's like, "Freeze!" You know. And Snake right. looks back and looks over, and the guy she stole the clothes off of her guard. Yeah. is naked ass up ass up in the air and the asshole is blurred out it is this yeah. is classic PlayStation one. Yeah. brilliant that character is called johnny sasaki that ass up guard and if you flash forward 10 years to metal gear solid 4 meryl marries ass up johnny sasaki because he's a character in metal gear solid 4 so ludicrous because she has her new unit she has like her team they're probably they're super forgettable there's like a mohawk mohawk guy but Johnny Sasaki is in it, and uh, they end up getting married. And Owen always brings up he loves the scene where him and Meryl, it's a cutscene where him and Meryl are like um, shooting a bunch of I know exactly uh, say, yeah. guards or something with anime <laughs> proposals, and, 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 and they propose to each other <laughs> while they're like, hey, you sound like you want to marry me or something like that. So the cheesiest thing he's done <laughs> so in a bad. very cheesy yeah. franchise. And he has diarrhea. And he Johnny, has that's, Johnny that's, just because he's scared on the battlefield. He just gets diarrhea all the time. That's the running joke. He has diarrhea all the time. And he you meet his grandfather in Melgar Solid 3, and he also has diarrhea. Like I see, that's because we talk about this man being a genius, right? <laughs> no, like no. An, an oratory, <laughs> you know, just this incredible where does he like he had to write that down at some point. He was like, oh, okay, Meryl needs to have a love interest. Who am I thinking? Hang on a second. That yeah. that, that that random guard from the first game. Yeah. Let's drag him back in here. And he's actually when he because I think for a huge part of uh, Guns of the Patriots, he is again wearing a mask and he's you know he's he's in a uniform. But then when he takes it off, he's he's incredibly dashing. He's incredibly. He's dashing, that, that's the he, funny he, twist. Yeah, exactly. He could be the hero if it was not for the the diarrhea because hero, heroes don't have diarrhea as we both know. <laughs> we do know that's why that's why i've never got that status but um 
Yeah, but to go to talk around to talk around that. I yeah, to answer your question, I think Meryl's wedding and all that never really did anything for me, to be honest. But two sides of a coin with Mel Gear Solid, as always. She was the love interest for Snake in Metal Gear Solid yeah. 1, but then she kind of disappeared from the franchise until this one. And they meet, and I do like how they handle that. I like the way Meryl just, it's very much suggested that Snake is just, he's older than her. She was young. She has a, She's not meant to be in anyone's shadow. She's going to go off and be a badass soldier and have her own unit and just kind of drifted apart. And I like the interactions be- between Snake and yeah. her in the game. And I like, if he, I, maybe, maybe I'm not delighted with the love interest, the new love interest. He, Kojima gave to Meryl I like that he realistically had Snake and Meryl not be an item anymore and just like drift apart I in general like old Snake and he's officially called old Snake he is yeah I love when it, when it changes in the game like the actual I think at one point <laughs> the name changes on the screen um no I, I think he's like he's a more mature Snake um yeah. he's he's probably compared to other characters he's one of the least dramatic now and the least kind of over the top um yeah, him and Meryl almost become, I don't want to say father-daughter, because he's he still ages, just... He's yeah, aging yeah, he, accelerates. And he's still just talking about war half the time. I mean, he's just yeah, you get bored of it. Like, it's cool to quote him, you know, yeah. I don't have a family, but I was raised by many people. Yeah, I believe love can bloom on a battlefield, battlefield. but you have to be able to protect them. And so, If you're actually in real life, you'd be like, shut up, I'm trying to watch <laughs> Toy Story 3 or something. I don't know. But I do. And, and it's funny, because we were... 19 maybe when we played this game so we yeah. were young but like i said that from child i don't know from child to like young adult that that 10 years was significant yeah. i do think it was very clever for kojima to put for his grand finale of this franchise to make the uh the main character um old and kind of reflective and kind of more mature you know you feel like he's gone on a journey because i do think over the course of the like three main games he was in he was obviously in the, two, the old 2d metal gears as well but just yeah it wasn't a character it was just a little um, yes, a little, a little surprise, I do yeah. think Snake has a good arc, and I do like, I do like him, and he's he's almost like he knows his time is coming. Yeah, he just wants to save the goddamn world before he dies. I, I, I in my heart of hearts, I do like that kind of shit in my action films and stuff like that. So I'm going to like it in my Metal Gear as well. He wants to, like, he 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 feels responsible for Liquid Ocelot. Yeah, which is um the two main character, two main villains of the franchise merged together for this one mm-hmm. because Kojima is nothing, nothing of ele- elegant writing <laughs> to, to merge two main oh, villains God. into one person. And sorry to go back again. Actually, you <laughs> brought up how amazing that boss fight is. You you're fighting on this massive tower. It's, it's a fist fight, mm. and you're like Liquid is supposed to be inside Ocelot. And as you fight Ocelot, like you said, the energy bars up in the top left of the screen change from game to I game. But in Metal Gear Solid Three, Ocelot was this young buck, and he used to do this like really kind of cringy kind of like finger guns thing yeah and then when you finally like punch the liquid out of ocelot yeah like the liquid snake out of ocelot he does that finger guns (laughs) thing again because he's more becoming the old ocelot again yeah and that that was a sentence i had to get through and but i honor unironically (laughs) think again that's another one of my favorite moments in metal gear as kind of cringy as that sounds to explain that's what the franchise is all about and that's amazing payoff if you've played each of these games as well Absolutely, absolutely. But one of my favorite moments of the whole franchise, like uh, emotionally, is in this, and it ties in with Snake kind of being an old man who kind of know it kind of ends with like, yeah, you saved the day. Are we even going to go in to the Patriots and the fact that they're a big AI now, and it's like not like, you know, I, I don't know. I, if don't, I, I, I don't. I don't think. Don't think we need to. <laughs> um, like paramedic is the part of the the, the Patriots. I forget she's a, isn't she like a founding member. That, yeah, that's one, she's also different. yeah she's also mentioned in Metal Gear Solid One. She was the doctor who worked on Gray Fox and Sigint 
from Metal Gear Solid oh, well, 3 yeah, is, re- yeah. is revealed to be the DARPA chief from Metal Gear Solid 1. Yeah, well I, done, yeah. You're just reminding me, I loved this shit. When I, I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. This was huge. It's like, they're, like you know, putting red string on a board on the wall. Yes, no, I was together. living for that. Now, I, I, yeah. I understand how Kingdom Hearts fans feel and stuff like that because of my <laughs> weird obsession with the tenuous character connections throughout the Metal Gear Solid franchise. But it kind of ends with, like, to, to cut through all the, the faff and the, the details. Yeah, Snake wins. He basically almost sacrifices his life by crawling through a long corridor that's also a microwave. Uh, Snake has teamed up with a little android through this whole game that Otacon is controlling. Now, I don't want to be this guy because it could be explained in game. It very likely is. Why couldn't he send the robot in? Oh, that's a great shout. There there could could be a line. There could be a line. Or could be just Snake wants to do himself. Do you know what I mean? He's a hero. But yeah, uh, that's... Liam, the odds of you being correct here and that being a huge plot hole are very high. Like in any other series, maybe not, but here, very high. But it's a cool scene because it is. all the gameplay is is holding the analog stick forward to make Snake move. But the further he goes, he's getting literally fried alive. His um, high-tech sneaking suit is like peeling off his body. But it's a really cool moment of Kojima, rather than just showing the straight cutscene, kind of merges it a little bit because you're still playing, but it almost breaks into comic panels. Yeah. Everyone else who's like, because it's a big dramatic finale and everyone is kind of fighting back the way you came to give Snake passage through this final place into this microwave thing. It cuts to all the other characters. It cuts to Meryl and Johnny. It cuts to Otacon. And it's a really cool dramatic moment. Like it's earned. It's silly, but it's earned. But Snake wins, essentially. He survives. But the the ending kind of suggests suggests that because of Snake's um, being a clone, he's going to die soon. And he's going to he's going to live the rest of his life essentially in peace. So it has all the characters kind of at, on an airfield as Meryl and Johnny get married. Everyone but Snake. And genuinely, when the last time I played this game was just before Metal Gear Solid Five came out, so a good while ago now, man, could, 15, gone ten yeah. years maybe. Mm. Uh, getting there, getting there, and um, I played them all back to back on the lead up to Five. I wanted to do the whole franchise oh, before no it came out, and it genuinely almost got tears out of me. This bit, the, when, the wedding, um, really, the wedding. It's this one part of the wedding. Okay, sorry, right. And it actually involves two characters we've hardly talked about. Sonny, who is the precocious child sidekick that you have in this game. She's the daughter of Olga from Metal Gear Solid 2. You rescue her. They rescued her between games. Armpit hair, yeah. Armpit hair, yeah. And and Otacon, obviously, you're like... Of course. Your your good buddy Otacon, uh, um, who's great in this again, um, one of my favorite characters. They always they always make him. He is fantastic. He's actually much more fleshed out. He's really really good in four. Well, they give him yeah. another person to cry over who dies because he ends up falling in love with Doctor <laughs> Naomi Hunter does. in this, and she <laughs> yeah, dies, and he gets. Well, yeah. Kojima loves making Otacon break into tears through <laughs> through each of the games because someone dies. Uh, but uh, anyway, Sonny, the little girl, goes up. The snake is not at this wedding, and. Uh, Sonny little girl goes up to her and is like, where's Snake? And Otacon just, and the, the, the music kicks, kicks on. The really kind of dramatic swell, yeah, like yeah. something from a Michael Bay movie or something. And Harry it's Gregson just, at it again, yeah. Harry Gregson Williams just killing it with the, with the soundtrack. And Otacon just like kind of wipes the tear away, turns away from Sonny and just goes, Snake has had a hard life. <laughs> he needs to rest. And perfect. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> perfect. It was such a good moment, man. And it's just, I don't know, emblematic of the, cheesiness slash sincerity that comes but from you, Mel but you, you're like me and like most mega fans where i absolutely adore snake as a character like i yeah, half the fun of those games half the enjoyment was playing someone who is if you could write the perfect hero the perfect badass <laughs> ludicrous hero from the movies really put him in a video game it would be snake um and like after what he did with two where you ended up playing for a ride in most of the game it was kind of like in three kojima was like okay look i know you wanted 
you want it solid again. Here's kind of solid, but not really. Uh, four, it felt like, okay, he he did his best to give him a proper a proper send-off. I actually remember thinking at the time he wouldn't, and as he, it's, I know it's not really said outright, but I thought he'd survive. I he didn't think does. he's... He yeah. does, be, he's alive yeah. in the credits role, but it suggested yeah. that he's, yeah. his days are numbered, essentially. Because he's alone, yeah. But um, no, he's a quintessential hero, man. So, and that is, that's... Hal, Hal is an interesting character. Hal is kind of... <laughs> I don't know. Like, he has he has some of the worst exposition in the game, uh, I think. Just like one of my Japanese anime. <laughs> he's no arc. Like, he just... He goes, oh, he, he goes from crybaby, can't fend for himself, <laughs> to later a crybaby, can't fend for himself. Um, he's Snake's best buddy. They do that handshake in the end of Metal Gear Solid 2. It's so long. Yeah. Otacon yeah. keeps losing people, but keeps on fighting, just like Snake, even though he's not... A strong man externally, he proves himself to be, you know, it's cliche. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's great, and I love his voice actor, uh, whose name I can't remember now. He's iconic, absolutely. I, I think he's great, and he pisses himself in Metal Gear Solid One. Actually, I think he yeah, pisses yeah. himself to see, and in, in, I think in all the games, yeah, I, I was think about to he, say, is that yeah. another thing Kojima brought into each game where he fucking yeah, the, pisses the steam, himself, the steam like, rising up, never changed his pants either. I don't know if you've ever noticed that he pisses himself, and then he has those, <laughs> yeah. Pants he, Metal Gear Solid 1 is set all during one night. Yeah. yeah I never thought that Otacon would be wandering around with pissy on, pants. Oh, on the back of the pissy snowmobile. Pissy pants Otacon. <laughs> They're on the snowmobile leaving the... Oh, it was still <laughs> the smell. <laughs> Call me Dave. It should be just a cut of them looking at the caribou. <laughs> snake just going. <laughs> Otacon, did you spill your thermos? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, uh, do you think... Well, we probably won't ever get another Metal Gear now, will we? Like, oh, yeah. Sorry, I don't know what that was. Probably not. Probably but not. Who knows? Unless maybe not from Kojima. The IP is still owned, so Konami could do something yeah. with it. Yeah. I think we'll certainly get some remasters this year or maybe next year. But would you want another Metal Gear? Like, would you want that story and that particular set of characters to for another game to be made? Like, say to continue on from Guns of Patriots? Or are you thinking just leave it now? It's it's. I think it's I, I I I like Kojima ended it with a capital E, like. Mm. To the detriment yeah. of the game. Do you know what I mean? Kind of, <laughs> yeah, to the detriment yeah, yeah, yeah. of that game, he fucking put like a full stop at the end of Metal Gear Solid, which is why Metal Gear Solid 5 and Peace yeah. Walker, which is as important to the other ones, are all prequels. I think he knows himself that he can't, he can't really make another game past it. Um, now, there was Metal Gear Solid Revenge, um, Revengeance. Revengeance. Yeah, with just with Raiden. Yeah. With Raiden. I even talked with him in, in Guns of the Page to actually go on. Yeah, let's, let's do that. That's okay. That, that, that might be good. To, to answer your question, I would not say no. Mm. What I think I want is um, maybe remake one of the old ones. I'm not, I'm talking pre Metal Gear Solid and the PS1. Create oh, those cool. stories in a kind of um, modern way rather than just being little um, 8 bit things, you know? Have you played either of them? I think I might. Uh, yeah, I've emulated both of them. I, oh, I don't cool. think I've finished either of them, but I think I've watched them. Yeah. If you play the NES version of um, Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear 1, the very first line of dialogue, therefore the very first line of dialogue in this whole very talky franchise is yeah. um, a tra- translation error. A guy goes, a guard goes, <laughs> I <scared>. feel asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if the NES one is canon, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the uh, complete side here, but just because you've reminded me of it. Uh, I was watching, and this is nothing to do with the game now, so sorry. And yeah, you're right. And, and so if you want. Um, uh, when they were making uh, the last Transformers movie, um, they thought it was a good idea to ask the internet, hey, look, 
you know, there's a scene in this where Optimus is going to have this big speech, and at the end of it, he's going he's going to say something. So you guys can pick what he says. You can pick <laughs> the sentence. And so obviously, it went out hundreds of thousands of uh, votes. Right? What one was Optimus saying? I'm going to turn into a truck now. And then he would just drive away. <laughs> <laughs> but it got it got edited out. They didn't, they didn't keep it. Um, but sorry, oh. that just reminded me of that. There. Sorry, I'm oh, going to continue yeah. your aside because the, the, the voice actor for Optimus Prime based it on his oh. basic character when he was doing in the 80s cartoon, oh, wow. based it on his deceased soldier brother, who was the most honorable man he ever knew. Oh, wow. He based that, he based Optimus Prime and how Optimus Prime is. You know, he's an honorable good and then michael bay in his movies has optimus prime saying lines like give me your face <laughs> yeah, as he rips off decepticon's face off and, and it's still that voice actor voicing him so it's such a slap in the face <laughs> <laughs> well actually this is a good segue because one thing we i think we we forget about metal gear is how good the voice acting is and like playing guns to patriots one of the best things about it was and like, yeah, some of the characters are dragged back and probably shouldn't be, like, you know, Vamp, for example. But yeah, it was nice yeah, to have... Just... Yeah, but, but like, it, it was nice to have everyone there and like to have all the voice... And the voice acting is still so good, man. Oh, yeah. Like, I was listening to some of it today. It's so, so good. One of my favorite voice actors of all time is uh, the incomparable Jennifer Hale. Yeah, fantastic. Maybe best known for Femshep in, in um, Mass Effect. And yep. she's Dr. Naomi Hunter, and I always loved her um, in the first game. And they, they bring her back. She has, like, a she has a big part of this. Um, Quinton Flynn who does Raiden Fantastic. I can talk about Raiden for a Lenar. second I, I, this might be controversial everyone Raiden like because it was the fucking 2000s Raiden was kind of derided by um, gamer boys for being kind of you know too androgynous too feminine looking yeah. too gay <laughs> and um, that was, a, that was Kojima hard course corrected by making a badass uh, cyborg ninja in this one who's like yeah. only sometimes somewhere between Metal Gear Solid 2 and 4 he lost his entire body except yeah, everything above his jaw. Yeah. What happened to him? Does everyone explain? I, I, I think he, I thought he was, but I think I can confuse it with Gray Fox. He was crushed by a Metal Gear, but I think that's, that's Gray Fox. That is Gray Fox, yeah. Um, yeah, he's just, all he's got is the top half of his head. Um, <laughs> the rest is just a robot. Just a bit, still has the hair. Um, well, yeah. uh, but he is, he's such a badass. He's so cool. There's a scene I watched today, Liam. Um, before you go into it, and it was a, it was basically Snake and Raiden talking, and I can't remember what they were also going to this next big thing, and one of them thought they were going to die, and so one of them was trying to put themselves for it. I can't remember what the exact context was, um, but Snake was like, <laughs> "I have nothing to live for. I can go ahead." And he's like, "You have a family." And I was like, "What? Brighton is still has a family? Look at him, like right, he's yeah. fucking mental." That's and a revelation Ryan, at the end of two that he has a, a kid, right? And he's like, "I don't have a family. Look at me." <laughs> I I think it him turning Kojima turning him into a cyborg ninja certainly creates a lot of cool cutscenes and it does it spun off into a game that's a very good game yeah yeah people love that game I I actually I I never finished it Marcy it's supposed to be really short so I actually can't speak for that game but I don't know I never really liked him I thought it felt hot I didn't feel like Raiden from 2 it felt like a brand new character so I couldn't care I don't know why. I just couldn't care. Like I it said, was, I think he's a difficult pandering. character. It was pandering to the people who get, who criticized yeah, him. I, I, yeah, it was, I, I had no problem at riding in Metal Gear 2. I, I thought he, he, was a, he was a bit silly, but I was like, I loved the idea of kind of jumping back between him and Snake you know, from Act 1 and Act 2. So I had no problem with him. It just felt like Kojima kind of was like, oh, okay, I'll make all those angry gamer boys you know, happy now and, and make him the, the biggest badass in the game, you know? Yeah, exactly. So 
little fucking man children can feel good about their masculinity. <laughs> Everyone who criticized Raiden in Metal Gear Solid 2 back in the day, I, just, I looked, at, looked this up, to a man died in the pandemic. Oh my god, that's how did you even? I don't know. Oh. Now, now I believe, I believe you. I, I wouldn't even, <laughs> even begin to, to question that. Um, but like, yeah, I, I, Revengeance is very good, by the way. It, it, it's not, yeah, I, I, would, to, I, I own it. Yeah, it's, it's not a Metal Gear game. It's like if you played, you played Vanquish, I think it's, it's yeah, I love Vanquish, it, very similar. Like, you're sliding around a lot, you're a crazy robot. Um, the soundtrack is incredible, it's like a heavy metal mm. type of Metal Gear soundtrack, it's really, really good. Um, but yeah, Raiden, I. Guns of Patriots, he 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 feels like a bit of a kind of a, 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 a handy way for for Kojima to kind of <laughs> have him come in when Snake and the lads are in a lot of trouble and then just kick the shit out of everyone. Do you know what I mean? He's a really handy little plot point where if things oh, things are really going sour, no, hang on, we've got Raiden. So I don't think he he has much. I don't think he has much of an arc in the game either. It, it, personally, he learns is, to is love he, his son, does he? I think so. Is he still There's definitely a scene of him with his big robot body sitting on a sitting on a desk talking to his son at the end of it. I can't remember what's happening. In scene, oh, yeah, you're right. Because I think he's wearing like human clothes over the yeah, robot. He's wearing like a jacket. Big ass robot body. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do think though, looking back on the game, um, for me the it's it's liquid liquid oscillate is is kind of like because he's a he's probably my favorite villain in a video game ever anyway okay um yeah. I, I would i would say he's probably my favorite i think this is him where he really gets to shine man like the voice acting is fantastic he's so ludicrous well, and over that's what i wanted to say to you because in metal gear solid 2 they made the choice that whenever ocelot gets taken over gets possessed by liquid's arm that he had mm. grafted on uh cam clark another yeah, vo- amazing voice actor actually he was leonardo in the original teenage mutant ninja turtles he's in killer seven i'm a huge fan of that guy oh, he's cool. very distinctive voice he does master miller as well he does liquid snake Great. They chose to make Ocelot's voice turn into um, Cam Clark, to turn into Liquid yeah. Snake, and they didn't do that in Metal Gear Solid 4. It's always Ocelot's voice. Were you okay with that little stylistic choice? Yeah, because because I love that voice actor. <laughs> I think he's fantastic. And yeah, and it is a bit hard for me to for, for to think of that original voice actor because of that scene with Miller, the glasses, shaking off his hair in the Kodak. And it's like, like oh my, my sunglasses, <laughs> Snake? Ludicrous. Um, but no, I think... I, there is, I think, in the fight at the end, when you're hitting, I mean, as you said, when you're beating the liquid out of Revolver Ocelot, <laughs> I think his 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 British accent pops in every now and then. Oh, okay, uh, you, you, I think you, cool. you think you get a little sample every now and then, so it's, it's not lost forever. Well, I think we covered it as well as kind of we want to, because I don't know if we delve into it too much, we'll be talking about, like I said, the Patriots now, AI and running I America, running the world. <laughs> I, I can't like, we haven't even brought wow. up Ava who comes back into it from Metal Gear Solid 3 she comes into it as an old woman oh yeah uh, there's, some, but there's, there's some great cutscenes actually She's yeah yeah there's a big the motorcycle chase mm. uh, down, yeah. I think it's Prague I said Prague earlier on but it was a bit of a gamble I think it's Prague doesn't matter if it's not it. right doesn't matter. No, I think it's Prague yeah which is which is the part of the game a lot of people don't entirely love and I, and I yeah. can see why there's a lot of a uh, kind of that silly kind of following that you would find in Assassin's Creed game but um, yeah, yeah I think I think we've look it's a game that you could talk about for hours and hours and say nothing uh, well i have a couple it, of know? stray thoughts Ooh. and I, if you do too didn't have the time i just want to bring up a couple of things i didn't know when to bring them up uh pretty uh, pretty cool that you finally for the finale you get the pilot of metal gear in this one you get the pilot metal gear rex and you fight metal gear ray for metal gear solid 2 that's pretty cool it's really cool conceptually but it's gameplay wise it's not that exciting which is a shame it doesn't it's play just, it's just, just like kind a, of like, like an on rail shooter yeah 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 but i think it's it was correct to have 
to have Snake get into um, Metal Gear Rex. Had to be done. House Lock get into Ray and have them fight each other. Another bit I really like is you might not remember the controversy, but you remember when the PlayStation 3 came out and they had the six axis in it, which is the light motion mm-hmm. control things. They sacrificed Rumble for that. The, the original PlayStation 3 controllers they couldn't oh, rumble. Right. And everyone yeah, was yeah. really everyone was really upset about that. And there's a wonderful, very Kojima moment in Metal Gear Solid 4 where you, you're fighting oh, one, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're fighting one the, yeah. you're fighting one of the beauty and the beast. Uh, <laughs> it's such a, this kind of this kind of um goes to show I can't remember their names, man. But they're all kind of some of them are kind of loosely so there's a psychic one that's very yeah. loosely based on Psycho Mantis from Metal Gear Solid One. After you kill her. Psycho Mantis from Metal Gear Solid 1 for no reason appears as a ghost. <laughs> Never and it's all like, snake, you're still around. And he goes, watch as I move your controller with the power of my mind. But because, which is what he did with the DualShock in, yeah, exactly. in, um, in the PS1. But because the PS3 controllers couldn't vibrate, he just goes, what? No rumble? And kind of gets expelled back into the spiritual plane. And that's dumb as shit. But that's hilarious. That's it's like, I love those. I love those bits in Metal Gear. You know, it, it's it's what the game is actually. The game probably needs a bit more of that. I think yeah. of all the games that takes itself seriously uh, in the franchise, <laughs> it really takes itself seriously. Which I, I understand. It's the last one in Kojima. It's not so close. Uh, to no, start, Phantom Pain takes itself more seriously. That oh, game. I, is see, super serious. Okay, maybe this is a straight thought we can have then. Yeah. Um, I I've played it twice, Phantom yeah. Pain. I just don't. I just don't see it. It's not a Metal Gear game. Like I just, yeah. I try my best to think it is. And it, like there's so many things I can complain about from the changes. Like there's not not really a proper story in the game. It's like the it's like the exact opposite of the other games. Yeah. There's no story at all. Yeah, um, maybe. I just and it's gameplay wise, the best of all all the games in the series. But I don't really look at it as part of what Metal Gear Solid is to me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I get that. Do you think now that we now that we've actually done we've done an episode of Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, 3 and 4 would we get the, do, do do we have enough passion to do 5 as a full episode we'll someday episode 100 <laughs> okay yeah we'll do it we'll you do heard it here then. folks you know if 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 there isn't some sort of robot war before then or you but know. did you were you bothered by riding in Metal Gear Solid 2 uh, no no, yeah, no. you'll survive no, the I robot thought it was war. great I thought, you, I, thought yeah. I thought it was fantastically and I would yeah, never you'll, you'll survive the robot war that's that's, <laughs> that's how that's determined good shower shower wankers shower shower, shower bastards <laughs> Jonathan that was fun our first just you and I episode and this whole thing imagine like if we look back and there actually was one I don't think there was one with just you and I though I, I listened to all of them yesterday um and no there isn't um i think we've had in fact what we need now is a different uh another little a little different pairing so you and owen have done one i think you did one on we've done a couple yeah we did elden ring and horizon we did uh uh, shadow of the classes uh you you did a couple of kev me now i think what we need to have is like a kev and an owen or me and an owen or me and kev we could do that I love or, resting on my laurels. So that sounds absolutely good to me. <laughs> that can be arranged. But um, everyone, thank you for listening to what is, you know, for argument's sake, our 50th episode of Hey Look Listen. And thank you for sticking around. If you've been here since yeah. day one, I don't know. Or if you're just new to this, welcome. But regardless, we love that someone's out there listening. And um, it allows us to continue doing this as a wee hobby that, as Jonathan said, is sometimes more stressful than it needs to be. But for ninety percent of the time, it's actually a lot of fun. Yeah, I I, I love it. We're doing it. (laughs) Time before it. Oh goodness. Yeah, but thank you all for listening and uh, and for for keeping us going. It 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 means a lot to us. And uh, yeah, we'll leave it there. It's bye from me and bye from Jonathan Marcy. Thank you.